Thank you for joining us this evening. Uh, we'll be doing a Bible study tonight. Uh, sorry we can't see everyone tonight, but uh, we hope to bless somebody through God's Word. Uh, let's pray before we get started. Dear Lord, we ask that you would help us tonight, God. Help us with your Word. Let it not just be my words, God, but let it be your Word that strengthens us, God. Anoint these lips, God, that they may speak your word with boldness, Lord Jesus, and let it strengthen someone. This and all things we pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. So tonight we're going to be going to Genesis chapter 2, verse 1. Not very far to turn in your Bibles tonight. It says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he, he had rested from all his work which God created and made. So I want to talk tonight about the rest of God. Uh, the first thing God shows us is that he is a productive God. In Genesis, the very first chapter, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. So, the first thing that we see is that there was nothing. And God, He specializes in taking nothing and He makes something. And He does such a good job at it that He makes it one time. Think about it. And it has never been, it never has had been fixed, it doesn't need to be fixed. The sun always comes up every day, even though we don't see it. It's a rainy day here today. We don't see the sun, but it's there. It has never ceased to come up. The animals and the plants provide food. Think about just how much it takes to feed all the people in the world. And yet there's no shortage of food. Think about uh, the plants that feed people, and yet they keep growing year after year. The trees that provide building materials that we have used since the dawning of man. Um, everything was put here, and it was put here for us. And it was perfect. God looked at his work, the work that he did, and he said, it is good. And so the first thing he shows us, that he's a God of progress. He's a God that makes things happen. Likewise, God takes an unsaved soul that wants to be changed and he begins to mold him and, and, or her into what he wants them to be. He turns their situation around. He takes the drug addict and he delivers them. He takes the alcoholic and he delivers them. He takes the person with a broken home and begins to mold them into the person they are supposed to be, into the family they are supposed to be. And so God is awesome at taking broken situations 
situations of nothingness and making something out of them. But the second thing God shows us is that he rested. First of all, he makes everything. And then the second thing he does is he rests. Now, it wasn't because God was tired, of course. Isaiah 40, 28 says, Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is he weary. There is no searching of his understanding. So why did God rest, you might ask? I think to set a precedent for us, to set an example for us. So if God is productive, I believe he expects his people to be productive. We were created in his image, in his likeness. So therefore, if he creates things and we have that, we are made in the same image, then we also are supposed to work and be fruitful. Likewise, also, if he rested, there was a purpose behind it. Just as we need physical rest for our bodies to recover, it is necessary that we enter into spiritual rest also. Your flesh is bombarded almost continually with things of the world. And in order to stay above sin, we must enter into that rest that he's provided for us. Lot was vexed, it said, because he watched and he listened to a sinful nation, to a sinful city. And he was vexed because it was constantly in front of his eyes. And so Lot began to look and he began to ponder. And then he began to think about it some more. And the next thing we know, Lot was in Sodom. And the Bible says that his righteous soul was vexed from day to day from hearing the conversations of the wicked. Think about it. We're bombarded every day with the world. And so we have to guard our mind. We have to enter into God's rest in order for our mind to be renewed. Our mind is supposed to be renewed, what does the Bible say? From day to day. Every day is a renewal. It's a refreshing from God. Exodus 31, 16 and 17, Wherefore the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations for a perpetual covenant. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. Now, was he refreshed because he was tired? No, he can't get tired. But he was refreshed because he looked back over his work and he saw that it was good. Just as we do sometimes. After a long, hard day, we go and we look at the things that we've done and say, yes, I made progress. And so that is satisfying to us. Uh, look at uh, verse 29 of Isaiah uh, 40. Uh, we didn't finish that. Uh, he giveth power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young man shall utterly fall. But they that wait 
upon the Lord shall renew their strength. We talked about that wait so many times that it doesn't mean we just wait, but it is an intertwining. It is a wrapping ourselves around the Lord. It is like two trees that their roots grow underneath and they wrap around each other and they are stronger because of each other. And that is what we do is we wrap ourselves into God, into his presence, and he strengthens us for it. Uh, it says, they shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. People are exhausted today, now more than ever, even though we work fewer hours than previous generations. Imagine that we only get the one day of rest, which is on Sunday. Imagine that's all the spiritual rest that we get. And that is all that some people ever get. It's just one day of rest, spiritual rest I'm talking about. There's a book entitled, I just heard about it on the radio, it's called Do Nothing. Uh, the lady talks about how she uh, just could not focus in life. She was exhausted all the time. She couldn't figure out why. And so she began to just try to develop different habits to see what, would, what was causing her exhaustion. And the first thing that she did is she wasn't so attached to her, to her phone and to her emails. And she began to let some of that go. And when she was home, she was home. And when she was at work, she was at work. And she said that checking emails constantly, checking your phones, that your brain reformats itself according to what it absorbs on a consistent basis. And so with all of the things that we have in our lives today, I realize that you're watching this message on some kind of device. So I'm not asking you to turn it off, but we have become so dependent on those things. Um, I was going into Walmart the other day and uh, I wasn't gonna be there long. I just had a few items to pick up. And I realized that I left my phone in my truck. I was halfway in the door. And you wanna talk about phone anxiety. <laughs> I have phone anxiety and people all over just have phone anxiety what I call phone anxiety. And I walked halfway in and I thought, I left my phone, I've gotta go back and get it. And there was something inside me that said, why do you need your phone? And I thought, you know what? I'm just gonna go in here and shop. I know what I need. And whatever, whoever's calling me, whoever's messaging me, I can get that later. And so you realize the struggle that we have created for ourselves that we're so attached to devices that the brain never has time to shut off. And I wonder if it affects our time with God. Uh, someone said if we spend as much time with God as we do on social media, that we would be a lot more spiritual. I believe that's true in our day. And I believe that we need to sometimes reevaluate our priorities in life. Um, when people get still, there seems to be, you know, there, there's something wrong here. I mean, I'm still, I'm, I'm just sitting here and I've, I've got to, I got to be doing something. And uh, this is, it, it's become a real problem to where people, David talked about we were supposed to meditate on the Lord 
And, you know, I, I heard a preacher told me one time, he said, uh, Brother Richie, if you don't get to do anything else, he said, when you pray, he said, take at least 10 minutes, and sit in a dark place and listen for the voice of God. And I, I tried to incorporate that, incorporate that in my life, in my spiritual walk. Uh, but that would be good advice for any of us, to sit and listen. When's the last time God spoke to you and he reassured you? When's the last time you really entered into the rest that he has for us? Uh, if Satan can keep our mind occupied, he knows that we can't enter into God's rest. Uh, my son, Seth, <clears throat> he's five years old and Sometimes I envy him, you know, because you look at him and it reminds you of what you were like when you were a kid and how you had, uh, you know, you just didn't have any worries in the world. Somebody was preparing your meal and people loved you and, and, uh, and you got to play and he just plays so much and he plays so hard and it's fun to watch him, really it is. And, uh, but sometimes he gets a little grouchy because he's played so hard. And you know, we, we kind of aggravate him. We say, well, maybe you need to go to bed. And that just makes him mad. You know, he just, no, I don't want to go to bed. And so, and you know, that's, that, that's funny, but that's the way we are as, as, as little, sometimes we're like little children. And it's like, no, I don't want to go pray. No, I don't want to enter into God's rest. And I hope this is not going over the wrong way tonight. I'm just trying to help somebody. But, you know, sometimes we just don't enter into the things that God really wants us to enter into. And what God really wants from us is fellowship. And so we have to say, God, I conform to your will. I submit my will to your will. And I want to enter into that rest. I want to enter into fellowship with you, into relationship with you. Joshua 21, 43 through 45. And the Lord gave unto Israel all the land. This is some of the benefits of God now. Just the Old Testament. I gave you the land which he sware to give unto their fathers, and they possessed it and dwelt therein. And the Lord gave them rest round about according to all that he sware unto their fathers. And there stood not a man of all their enemies before them, Oh, that's God. That's my God. The Lord delivered all their enemies into their hand. There failed not aught of any good thing which the Lord had spoken unto the house of Israel. All came to pass. Hebrews 4 and 1, all the way through 11, I found these verses quite interesting as I was studying for this message tonight. Let us therefore fear lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. Wow, we need to read that again. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached. Now that he's talking about Israel here, Old Testament Israel. For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, 
not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said. As I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world, for he spake in a certain place, talking about God, of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. That's the first example. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest, seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached enter not in, talking about Israel, because of unbelief. They didn't enter into the promised land because of unbelief. We know that. So they didn't enter into the rest. Again, he limiteth a certain day, saying to David, Today, after so long a time, as it is said, Today, if ye will hear my voice, harden not your hearts. For if Jesus had given them rest, now that's not talking about Jesus Christ. It's talking about Joshua. Joshua is the Old Testament name for Jesus in the New Testament. For if Joshua had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day? In other words, would God be telling David there's a day coming of rest if Joshua had fulfilled it when they went into the promised land? Now, obviously, they didn't get it fulfilled in the promised land. And so God is telling David there's a day coming. And then so it says next, There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. There remains a rest. For he that is entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works, as God did from his. And then I love this part. It says, let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest. <laughs> That's an oxymoron. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. So we are to labor to enter into God's rest. We are to make sure that it happens. And he gives us all of these examples of people that didn't get it right. And he's telling us that, look, I have, I have paid the ultimate price. I'm the propitiation for sins. I, I paid the price for you so that you can now perfectly enter into my rest and you can do it through my spirit i paid the price for sin for you so in these verses um it doesn't say the opposite of rest is busyness it says the opposite of rest is unbelief we have never seen people as fearful today as we have we have never seen them in the past as fearful as they are today. And, you know, I'm right on the front lines. I'm in stores and I see people. Uh, uh, my son was talking today about how people don't even speak to you anymore. They're afraid to get close to you and people are fearful over this virus. They don't want to catch it. You know, um, what is the answer to that? Yes, we ought to be cautious, but... Um, we have a resting place. I'm confident that if, if God 
if I was to catch the virus, I'm not trying to catch it. I'm doing everything I can not to, but if I was, and that's the way God chose to take me, then that's the way I'll go. And I'll be going to, to enter into the eternal rest. Uh, but people are so fearful today. And people are looking for this resting place that you and I have. They're looking for the experience that we have. And we were given these examples as warnings to us. Are we the people of God that enters into his rest? Are we a people of unbelief? Uh, what, is, what is unbelief? Well, I tell you, unbelief is, well, why should I pray? I don't think it's going to change anything. That's unbelief. Um, low expectations when we come to church. Uh, always produces low output. And uh, so are we a people of unbelief? Are we a people that enter into God's rest? The verses said, There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that is entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works, as God did from his. Let us labor to enter into that rest. When was the last time that you really got into the place of God where everything else just didn't matter? Think about it. When was the last time that you got into a, I'm not talking about a surface prayer, I'm talking about a prayer where all your troubles seem to cease. That's the rest that God has promised us. That's the rest that God has promised all his people. He said, if my people would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I will heal, heal their land. That's the rest that God wants us to have. So, in those verses before, if God's rest left him refreshed, what will it do to the carnal man? What will it do for us? If his rest left him refreshed, and I'm not talking about a, a Sunday-only type of religion. You know, uh, people get into the physical day uh, when the Sabbath is. Really, the Sabbath is every day for us. It's every day. Every day we're supposed to enter into the rest. Every day where our mind is supposed to be renewed. Uh, so, you know, a lack of rest, how does it make you feel? It makes us feel grumpy, tired, uh, inattentive, sickly. Yeah, rest. Rest can really, it, it'll, a lack of rest it can wreck your health. And likewise, spiritually. You know, my dad used to, to tell a joke. He said, this guy went to the doctor and, and uh, said, doctor, I've been really having a lot of trouble with my health. And the guy asked him, he said, well, tell me, how's your diet? What have you been eating? He said, eating. He said, I haven't been eating anything. He said, well, how long? He said, it's, it's been a long time since I ate anything. It's been 10 days or so. And so the doctor looked at him and said, well, you need to go eat something. And, you know, that's the way it is. Uh, if we lack spiritual nutrition, then we're going to be malnourished spiritually. And so God wants us to enter into that place where we can be nourished in Him.
likewise, likewise, when we lack spiritual rest, it's easy, it's easy for us to be bothered by things that normally shouldn't bother a true Christian. It, we're easily offended. Uh, the mission doesn't look clear. And giving up seems like a good option. You know what the problem is? You're tired. You need rest. The Bible says, fear lest we come short of this rest. So tonight, um, Jesus said this. My brother quoted it the other night, the other day when he was preaching. Come to me, all you that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Why don't you spend some time tonight uh, seeking out the will of God for your life and trying to find that place of rest? You know, it, it can't be found in five minutes, maybe not even 10 minutes, maybe not even 15 minutes. But there's a place that we get into God. He designed it this way. That when we enter into his presence, that everything else ceases to matter. And I believe that's the place that God has designed us to get to. And uh, I pray that this has blessed maybe somebody tonight. It's, it's rather simple. Um, but it is God's word. And so let's pray tonight. And when we get finished with this, go find you a place to pray with your family. Pray with those around you. Uh, as you are, you know, God hasn't given us, I don't, you know, you look at God's purpose and uh, he has a purpose in everything. And this, this virus that's going around, it's got us all sitting at home and uh, which I'm, I'm out every day because I have to be because my job requires it. But is it, is it God's way of saying, remove all the distractions and focus on me and see if we can get back to the way we used to be. And I believe that God, his greatest desire of his people is to have fellowship. And he wants the best for us. It's not a drudgery when we have to pray. It's not a drudgery when we enter into his presence. But that's where we find our ultimate joy. Because only he can bring ultimate joy. You won't find it behind the screen. You won't find it in a bottle. You won't find it in any kind of drug, but you'll find it in his presence. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you, God, that you have provided a place of rest for us. You are our rock, our foundation, the strong tower that we can run into, Lord. And you said that we would be safe there. God, we believe that with all of our heart. Let us not come short of seeking your presence to the fullest extent. Let us not draw back, God, from your perfect will. God, I ask that you would bless these people that are listening tonight, God. I ask that you would help them. God, revitalize them, revive them. God, help them to see your purpose for their life. I pray this in all things. In your name, Jesus.